I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land in Conversation. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to people in and around Ohio State athletics and the sporting world at large to bring you a different insight and perspective to the teams, athletes, and university that you love. On today's episode, we are in conversation with Banner Society's Richard Johnson. Not only is he one of the many insanely funny and talented writers at the site, but he's also the co-host of the best college football podcast on the interwebs, Podcast Ain't Played Nobody. Obviously, I was contractually obligated to ask Richard about the upcoming college football playoff semifinal Fiesta Bowl between Ohio State and Clemson, so we got into that at the top of the show. But then we started talking about the things that were really important, like the Celebration Bowl, the Lending Tree Bowl, how the only right answer for Ohio State fans is to root for Michigan to get destroyed by Alabama, the proper way to gamble on bowl games, and much, much more. Okay, with all of that build-up now out of the way, here's my conversation with Richard Johnson. All right, Richard, I, I want to talk about the things that aren't the big bowls that everybody's talking about, the New Year's Six, the, the playoffs. I want to talk about the other fun bowls, the, the Cheez-It Bowl, the Holiday Bowl, the Belk Bowl, the really important ones. But all of the listeners would immediately turn it off if I didn't at least ask a few questions about the college football playoff semifinals in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, you and Godfrey released uh, your PAPN Bowl preview uh, yesterday, uh, just the day before we're recording. Haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, so that's actually perfect. Don't get, don't give away everything, but where <laughs> where because I want people to listen because it's the best college football podcast out there. So where did you come down on this game? Because I know you've been a fan of Ohio State throughout the season. Yeah, I like I think I have Clemson by a nose. Um well, I Clemson is still favored by two points, I think. At this point in time, it's it's December yeah. 20th. Um Clemson for now is still favored. Um I I I so I mean if we're calling it basically a pick'em, I will probably end up taking Clemson. I think Clemson is slightly better. I think um I and we're talking by a nose here. I mean, I think this game will be close. I think this game will be good. I, I don't. I'm not running out on all edge here. Um, you know what Ohio State does on offense, which is gives you know every defense this absolutely incredible choice, which is hey, you know you'd rather have Justin Fields running the ball than J.K. Dobbins. 
And and that conundrum, the conundrum that Ryan Day gives defenses every single time they they run the ball, well, at least most of them, most of the times they run the ball is is just a kind of a hilarious commentary on how laughably talented Ohio State is and and how wonderful it is to watch those athletes play ball. Um, you know, on defense, obviously Jeff Hafley's leaving, but the defense that he has out there the entire season, I, I remained, um, I, I don't know if it if it's surprised or impressed with how not exotic uh, Ohio State totally. is on defense. Like, yeah. they just they don't do anything. Yeah. Right. They basically line it up in a 4-3 and we go. You know what I mean? Um, now, you're, you'll, you know, the, if, if the most exotic thing Ohio State does is, is come out in nickel or dime – um, you'll see Clemson play a fundamentally different way because Clemson's doing some tight front things. Clemson's got three down linemen. They're going to blitz from a ton of places. Um, they're going to try to create pressures uh, and manufacture pressures in very uh, kind of exotic ways in a way that Ohio State doesn't really have to. Now, obviously, you don't really have to when you have a Decepticon at defensive end. Um, <laughs> but uh, obviously how Clemson handles Chase will be, uh, you know, probably the great equalizer here. Trevor Lawrence, when he has uh, had struggles, and he hadn't had struggles in the last six or seven weeks, but at the beginning of the season, um, some teams were able to get after him by really coming after him um, and and kind of doing the classical speed up his processing and and, and forcing him to make decisions that he may not otherwise want to make or, or quickly and forcing him into some, uh, some errant throws, some interceptions and getting Clemson kind of on the back foot. But then of course Clemson wins the game anyway, because they are so good. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for this game. I'm definitely much more excited for this game than I am the, uh, the peach bowl, because I, I think if one of these ends up being a laugher, it it's going to be the peach yeah, bowl. Absolutely. Well, and I, and I think that, What's interesting about this game is these are definitely the two most well-rounded teams in the college football playoff, with all due respect to LSU and Oklahoma. So it, it presents kind of like you talked about. Both teams have a a choice to make. Does the Ohio State defense want to focus on taking away the passing game in T. Higgins and Trevor Lawrence, or do they want to focus on maybe trying to stop Travis Etienne? I I don't know that that you can do either, um, but do they focus on that? Same thing with, like you mentioned, do you try to stop Justin Fields or J.K. Dobbins in the running game? Those decisions are going to be pretty much how they're dictated because they haven't had to face these offenses, haven't had to face anybody who could really keep up with them athletically from a defensive point of view for the entire season, really. Ohio State had some tough games down the stretch, but in the end, they ran away, and Clemson really hasn't had to deal with that at all this season. Right. I, I think the I think I try my hardest to take away ETN because I, I think Ohio State has the athletes on the back end, <clears throat> excuse me, to match up with, um, you know, Clemson's wide receivers. And, and when you know, when you listen to our, our bowl podcast, like I, I think that the matchup between Clemson's uh, DBs. And, or excuse me, Clemson's wide receivers and Ohio State's DBs is the most fascinating one because totally. Ohio State obviously has so much talent on that back end. Um, but you know, in the Wisconsin game, they got Wisconsin was able to get at them. That the Big Ten Championship Wisconsin game was able to get at Ohio State with like quick game stuff and and slants and mm-hmm. and stuff where Ohio State was playing a little bit soft, a little bit off. 
Um, and, and Wisconsin was going to say, Hey, you're going to give us that space. We're going to take advantage of it. And obviously for the first probably two and a half quarters, uh, it worked really well. Um, Clemson's not really going to do that. Clemson is going to relentlessly attack Ohio state, but they're going to do it deeper. I should say they're going to do it more vertically. Um, that's how they're going to kind of come after Ohio state. And that's what they are so good at. Ohio state has pretty much played a single high safety all season. Would it make sense in a situation if that's going to be how Clemson attacks them to go to safeties? They've done it a little bit throughout the season, but not much. Their base has pretty much been single high. Would it make sense to make that adjustment in this game against this offense and maybe go with a a nickel throughout, play two linebackers and and two safeties? Does it make sense to try to change that? Or do you think that that might be trying to make your defense do too much that they're not comfortable with, even though they had three weeks of, 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 practice time but that was really truncated with awards and recruiting and stuff like that right and that is kind of the age-old kind of conundrum with the with with games like this especially because the calendar is condensed here those conference championship games were late they had all the award stuff you know do you do you want to trot something out that you may not be um, a hundred percent convinced that you can run effectively well for 60 minutes. Now, obviously, you know, you can throw it out after a quarter and a half. It's, yeah. If it's really not going, you got to have this game. Um, and, and you don't want to let this game get away from you. But if Ohio state is going to say, if Ohio state says, Hey, we're going to stop the run, then you roll that safety down into the box and you trust your athletes. You know what I mean? Um, that's kind of my, my read on the situation. I would want so badly to make sure Clemson can't run the ball, not can't, but is as limited is as limited as possible running the ball in the game. Um, you know, I think that's what I am afraid of more than anything, because if Clemson gets to a point where they can control the tempo, you know, a quick flash score to T Higgins for 70 yards is, is obviously an explosive play and that sucks, but that's also 14 seconds off the clock. But if Travis Etienne is 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 reeling off seven yards of pop, they're going to go fourteen, you know, they're going to go fourteen plays, and it's going to take six and a half minutes, and you're going to limit the amount of time that my own offense can score. And of course, Ohio State can go quick strike. We know that, but it's it's I I really would not want to let Clemson control the game through the ground. Yeah. Two quick questions. Two last quick questions about this game. Then we'll get to the other more exciting fun bowls. Um, A lot has been talked about how bad the ACC is, how bad Clemson's schedule was. Is there any reason to think that this team that we've seen seen win 28 straight games as the defending national champion, is there any reason to think that what they did against that schedule was fool's gold? Because my... My inclination is, is we've seen them beat the crap out of really good teams before, and obviously this isn't the same team as it was in 2018, but it's the same program. Like, I I don't put a whole lot of stock into, well, they didn't play anybody this year, or to borrow the, you know, the, the name of your podcast, Clemson Ain't Played Nobody. <laughs> yeah, I like, Clemson has done the thing that when you have elite teams, this is what you want to see them do. You want to see them tear opponents limb from limb. That's kind of the only, or I should say, the best way you can gauge a team like Clemson, where you where you know two things about them: you know that they are really good, or at least you think that they're really good. Yeah. You know that they are exceptionally talented, and you also know that they don't really have a, a tough schedule, everything equal. So, if Clemson was in a ton of one-score games here, or eking it out, or doing what Ohio State did in in two thousand two, I believe, where they're you know it's yep. it's. 
It's like fourteen oh, six games. I remember it very well, Richard. <laughs> you know, that, that would be it would be a different story. But you've got an, uh, a Clemson team that really, since halftime of the Louisville game in October, has just absolutely laid waste to everyone in its path. Yeah, I I, I think we're on the same page. I I think that that's a narrative that Dabo has almost willed into existence that they. They everybody's against them because of how bad their schedule is. I think anybody who's actually watched them or anybody who's paid attention to college football for the last few years understands that Clemson is probably the best team in the country as much as I think Ohio State can still win that game. But other than other than the Ohio State defense stopping Travis Etienne, what is the one thing do you think they have to do to be able to win, whether that's on offense or defense? Other than that thing you mentioned earlier about stopping the, the Clemson running game, what is the thing that they have to be able to do to be able to win this game. I am really looking at the other three Ohio State linemen. Chase Young is going to get double teamed. I, you or, know, triple, or triple team. Or triple team, right. Chase Young is not – Chase Young is not going to I'm, – I'm going to say this. Let me get through it to the listeners. Let me get through the statement before you drive off the road. I don't think Chase Young is going to have an impact in this game because I expect Clemson, like Wisconsin did, like Michigan did – is say, hey, this guy, number two, is not going to beat us. The other three sure can, and and we will take our chances with them singled up on our offensive lineman or or our tight end. But this guy, we're going to chip him. We're going to make him think about it every time he crosses a lineman's face. We're going to cut him. We're going to, you know, we're going to get after him with some wham blocks, with some wing backs. It's, it's you, all systems go. Do not let number two wreak havoc on your offense. You have got to be able to run your offense and, and as best you can not worry about him or at least neutralize him. So it, it is those other three Ohio State defensive linemen. What impact can they have on this game? Because they may have more advantageous uh, situations to make an impact on the game because so much of the focus can and I believe should be on Chase Young if, if you're game planning on offense here. Yeah, and even though he might not have the stats and he hasn't had a sack you know, for the last two weeks, um, that's still an impact, though. I mean, and I know what you're saying, but I mean, like him having to be blocked by two or three people, that's having an impact on the game, in my opinion, because he's creating better situations for everybody else. And I think that Ohio State fans will be fine with that if – you know, that leads to Zach Harrison or Big Bob Landers or Tyreek Smith or whoever's on the outside and, and in playing in the middle, uh, Javon Hamilton, they are able to do something else. And I think that is definitely something they're going to have to do to get some pressure on Trevor Lawrence. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. 
Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. All of that boring stuff out of the way. Let's talk about the fun games. Um, we are actually recording in the middle of the Bahama Bowl or Bahamas Bowl. Buffalo has taken a 17 nothing lead over the Charlotte 49ers. I love these bowl games and not just for betting purposes because these are the, we hear so much about people talking about, well, the playoff has ruined college football because now the bowl games don't matter. If you watch these games between the teams like Buffalo and Charlotte or, uh, you know, Central Michigan and San Diego State, you if you watch those games and tell me that they don't matter to those players, you're either high or lying to yourself. <laughs> exactly. Like, this is fun. And, and you know, they're the people who are like, oh, first of all, I will say this. The people who say, oh, well, like – all these people, these players are sitting out. You're not seeing a ton of the top players sit out this year. No. A lot of them are playing, whether it's a Jerry Judy or, um, you know, there were uh, Derek Brown uh, at Auburn. These top players that we know are going to get drafted in the top 10, like they are playing in these bowl games this year, kind of in a rate that we haven't really seen the last couple of years where a lot of players were sitting out. Um but yeah, I, these games are fun. Like I, you know, I spoke to Will Healy uh, about a week ago in New York City, week and a half ago, and um, he like he was talking about how exciting it was for their program to be on that stage, and and it's it's one of those things where like yeah, it sounds like a platitude, but it is really cool for all these players some of whom, you know, may not even have a passport, may not have ever traveled internationally <laughs> to do this this fun game and and for them to have a party with it. Um, yeah. And Will, Will Healy is the 17-year-old head coach of the <laughs> Charlotte 49ers. Yes, right now. And he's he is getting after it right now, a referee. I, yes, I don't I think you that like too. that. Uh, I don't think you like that call just there uh, on that on that play. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's cool. And these bowl games are a lot of fun. And I know like we we kind of on on PAPN, I think we may have memed Illinois' bowl season into existence this year. Oh, um, I love it. But you you can't tell me that it doesn't matter for a program like Illinois, who has has been doing the the three and five win seasons the last few years and have been kind of in the wilderness. And yeah, Illinois may not get back there next year because they may not get as many transfers. They may not get as many turnovers. They may not beat Michigan State on the road again. But it doesn't matter. Like this is really really fun. And and the other thing is, all of us are going to watch these games because. I know I got work to do today, but, you know, the first half of the Bahamas Bowl has taken up some of my day because it's on TV and it's a Friday afternoon and I'm tired anyway. Yeah. Look, and if you're not rooting for Lovey Claws in the Illini, you're you're not doing fandom right. Um, that beard is magical. Uh, OK, so we're, we're doing this in the middle of the Bahamas Bowl. What other bowls are? are at the top of your must-watch list. Some of them conflict. There's going to be people traveling. There's going to be holiday parties. What are the games that you have to watch? What are the games that you have to schedule all your trips to grandma's house around those bowl games? Right. Well, I think the I, I will kind of go a little bit chronologically, but um, you, know, you start out with, and I, your podcast may be out by then, but... Uh, noon on Saturday, the 21st, the Celebration Bowl, which is the uh, basically the de facto Black College National Championship on the FC le- FCS level. Now, Florida A&M is not in this game despite being really good and I believe undefeated in conference play yeah. this year. Um, yeah, and explain how this works because they, they just don't participate in the FCS playoff. 
Right. They they basically both the Miak and the Swack basically forego um, the playoffs to play in this ESPN created game. And there's money in it and there's exposure in it. It's at noon on ABC in Atlanta. Um, so it is, you know, it's cool for that reason. There's some people who would rather have those schools in the FCS playoffs, but this is its own, uh, big stage for those schools. Florida A&M should be in this game by record, but, uh, has some NCAA, uh, sanctions and won't be participating. So Alcorn and uh, North Carolina A&T are going into that game this year. And that is a game where we talk about passion. We talk about players who absolutely want to be there. Definitely want to be there. Yeah. Those players in that game absolutely want to be there. And and that is fun every year. Um, The Boca Raton bowl where FAU is basically playing a home game without its head coach, but they're playing SMU. So expect points. That'll be fun. (laughs) Um, The Las Vegas bowl, obviously with Boise and Washington, that, that has the storyline built in Mm -hmm. right there. Um, the, the Independence Bowl in Shreveport is interesting because Miami doesn't have its act together and Louisiana Tech does. Um, so if you want to see kind of like a, a thing that you may look at just the helmets and say, whoa, this is an upset, uh, take a look at Louisiana Tech, Miami. Um, the Pinstripe Bowl, ignore that. Um, but later that night. <laughs> uh, later always, that night, always ignore the Pinstripe Bowl. It doesn't matter who's in that game. Just ignore that abomination. Right. Later that night, Oklahoma State and Texas A&M go in the Texas Bowl. And I think that'll be cool because that that game is going to go a long way to shaping Texas A&M's um, uh, 2020 um, kind of storyline around them. Uh, they're going to go into that season, I think, with a decent amount of hype. And they actually have, I think it's a fairly soft schedule in like September and early October. So there is a chance for A&M to build into an absolute hype train, hype machine type deal. Um, and the narrative will be, will be quite large in that game. Um, the Cotton Bowl is going to be fun because I think Penn State wants to be there. And I definitely think Memphis wants to be there. And yeah. Memphis, I know, like has, you know, the instability with Norvell leaving. So there's going to be some wonkiness. I hope they kind of damn the por- torpedoes and then, and just like try to get after it. Um, if you want under potential, the Red Box Bowl, which is on the 30th, Cal and, and Illinois, as we've talked about, I don't know if there will be 30 points scored combined in that game, but pay <laughs> attention to it. Um, the Sun Bowl is on the 31st, uh, FSU and Arizona State. Florida State like doesn't have any scholarship running backs at this point in time. <laughs> as somebody <laughs> so, that lives in Florida, that makes me just giggle. Yeah, so it, you know, Herm may uh, Herm may have himself a field day uh, with that game, uh, indeed. Um, Michigan and, and Alabama. I know people that listening to this podcast will be, um, I think, uniquely interested in how Michigan totally. plays in this game um, in the Citrus Bowl on the first. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's how is Michigan going to come out? Is Michigan going to be because Alabama's players are playing? I know that a lot of people want to say that, oh, Alabama may not be invested in the game and all that sort of thing. But, you know, I think Alabama may want to come out here and and prove something in this game. So, again, Michigan, we hope Josh Gaddis's offense is actually firing and that that game is actually competitive. Um, that's, if- the, that's the th- that's the interesting uh, storyline for me here is Josh Gaddis versus his old team. There was so much hubbub about whether or not he was the one that called plays when he was in Alabama or not. But like, I think that he's got something to prove just as much as Alabama has something to prove for the first time, not being in the playoff. 
Oh, 100%. Uh, he absolutely wants to make a statement, I would imagine, against Alabama, uh, you know, and so that game will uh, will be a lot of fun. Um, the Sugar Bowl is uh, that night after the playoff games, um, or sorry, excuse me, after the Rose Bowl, I should say. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Do not pay attention to that. Georgia Baylor is another <laughs> under special. Um, let, let, let me ask you a real quick question about Michigan, though, because as you said, people listening to this podcast probably have a lot of feelings about who they want to win in that Citrus Bowl. What do you think is the correct way to approach a game where your rival is playing a big power? Should Ohio State fans root for Michigan or should they root for Michigan to get obliterated? What's your oh, perspective? It should, be, it should be roll tide all the way. I Absolutely. don't th- th- Absolutely. I'm with this you. conference this conference uh conference rep thing is like overblown. I used to buy into it myself. Like absolutely not. Like when I was at Florida, I wanted to watch Florida State get obliterated in every yes. game. Yes. I wanted Georgia to go 0 and 12. Like I you know what I mean? Like I I understand that like you want the rivalry game to be big and you want your rival to be at their best when you beat them and knock them off their perch, but there is also something fun about watching your rival just go through oh, it. And yeah. Yeah, my first just to to get off track a little bit. My first job coming out of Ohio State was working for the Big Ten office, so it kind of got ingrained in me that you know you root for everybody in the Big Ten. You want you want everyone in the Big Ten to do well. It's taken me a while, but I have so shed that mentality that I just want Michigan and Penn State to just lose in an embarrassing fashion every time they take the field. Oh yeah, it's it's it's. There's no question. That yeah. is absolutely the, the right way to go about it. Yeah. Um, All right, keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry about that. No, no, you're good. Um, and then uh, you know, New Year's uh, after the New Year, uh, the Gator Bowl, Indiana and Tennessee is, is going to be. I, I know Kalen DeBoer won't be there. Um, but as your audience is probably aware of, Indiana still got some talent yeah. on that team. Um, and, and will be a fun watch in that game. Tennessee is improved over the back half of the season. Hopefully they come to play in Jacksonville. Apparently they would rather be there uh, than Nashville in the Music City Bowl, so maybe they want to be there. Um, and then, you know, those after New Year's Day bowls that get into, like, the fourth and the sixth, like, a week after New Year's. Um, Louisiana with Billy Napier uh, plays on the sixth against Miami, Ohio, and um, Napier is a name to know uh, for future coaching cycles, um, especially with SEC schools. Uh, so that that would be a game to kind of for for Billy Napier in Louisiana to kind of show off their wares. Yeah. So the only bowl game after that lending tree bowl on the sixth is the college football playoff national championship game. Do you think that the Fiesta Bowl is the de facto national championship game or does LSU have a chance being they were one dimensional for most of the season, but their defense has turned it on in the last three, four weeks of the season. Do you think that that's going to be a competitive game or is the Fiesta bowl basically going to crown the national champion uh, in that game? Oh, I, I I mean, I think LSU is going to be plenty game in a national championship game. I like, I, I think from an entertainment perspective, I think I want a Clemson LSU national championship game um, I, I just think though I think those two teams put together will create an incredibly fun game. I you know again I don't I think Ohio. I disagree. <laughs> I, for I'm for obvious reasons. Yeah, no, 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 I'm just playing. No, I know. I I'm going from a points perspective. I think like what's going to be the most entertaining national championship game? Um, of course, like I said, Ohio State is. It's not like Clemson's head and shoulders better than Ohio State. I would never say that. 
Um, but I, I do think LSU absolutely has a legitimate shot to win the national championship, uh, no matter who they draw from the, the Fiesta Bowl semifinal. Because I think what LSU has shown is that that defense has gotten better over the course of time. And I, I think the farther we get away from the Ole Miss game, which is the time that LSU's defense has looked the worst, the more I think you see and understand that that was one night. It was the week after Alabama. They were up 30 points. They got beat by like four running plays. Like it's not like uh, Ole Miss reinvented the wheel. Ole Miss trotted out uh, you know, a QB run game to equate the numbers and, and made LSU defend 11 against 11. And it looked like LSU hadn't practiced run fits for six weeks. Um, it's, I, I think they got, got on that night and again, still won the game by a bunch. Um, so yeah, I, I think the, the demise of LSU's defense may be greatly exaggerated. Um, and I, I would absolutely not, um, not poo poo them in a, in a possible national championship matchup. Yeah. It's not, there, there's no way Oklahoma wins that game. Um, but yeah, so, okay. So last question, you've mentioned the points and the under and some betting things uh, a few times. So the last question is, do you have a bowl betting philosophy? Do you look at these games as if they are just games and look at them, you know, like from an SP plus perspective or how much do you factor in the storylines of the, like we've talked about a few times, who wants to be there? Do you think about the coaches leaving or a coordinators leaving? How much do you factor that in to where you decide to put your money? Oh, it's, it's, it is. So I make my own kind of composite power rankings with S and P and, and a few other numbers to kind of get ballpark power ratings for everybody. Um, and I do that every week during the season. Um, and I'll fire whenever during the week, like sometimes I'll take stuff on Sunday when it comes out, or if I miss that, I'll, I'll you know, I'll get them on Thursday or whatever. It doesn't matter. But for bowl games, I, I will not take a bowl game until like the day of, because those surprise so smart, suspensions, yeah. like Oklahoma ha- now has three players suspended. Yep. Um, I think two of them are like key players. Um, so yeah, I, I don't fire on bowl games until like the day of the bowl game because you don't know who's going to sit out. You don't know who's going to, you know, pop up injured. And, but also I absolutely think of who wants to be there and who doesn't. I think Florida state, uh, which I think is right now, not on the board, um, at some oh, places. Really? Um, yeah, because I looked for it or, you know, hypothetically, I would right. say for entertainment purposes only. Hypothetically, if I went to um, if I went to look at it this morning, let's say that I did that. I let's say that I may have noticed that it wasn't on the board earlier this morning when I hypothetically went to look at it. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely take the. Does Florida State really want to be in this game with all the coaching turnover and the no running backs and all that kind of stuff? I think Arizona State was like a four point favorite when it came out uh, a week or two ago, and so I, I was keen to see how it had moved to try and take it. Um, and try to jump on um, on the news cycle before the books hypothetically adjusted. Not that I would be familiar with what the books are doing, of course. <laughs> no, 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 of course not. You don't live in a state that uh, allows legalized sports gambling. So what would you be talking about? Um, if you were going to hypothetically, potentially for entertainment purposes only, put money on the Fiesta Bowl, at what point in either direction would the line have to get to for you to feel comfortable putting some money down? If it gets across three points, which I'm not sure that it will. Yeah, I, I'm not either. If it gets across three points, because three points is, is our key number, 
Um, if it gets to like if it gets to like Clemson three and a half, uh, I would pelt Ohio State. I would pelt Ohio State um, because I do think that game is going to be so close and so good. And I do think that's going to come down to the last possession. Um, yeah, I, I would take Ohio State at like plus three and a half. Um, I think we it's it's at two right now, so I, I'm I'm waiting on it. Yeah, and depending on what book you're looking at, it's pretty much stayed at two the entire time. And now there's eight days from when we're talking to when that game is, so things obviously can move when the smart money gets in closer to the game. But I have a a hard time thinking of any situation that actually could potentially happen where I would feel comfortable putting money on, in either direction. Yeah, I, I may I may fire on it just to have some fun and, and have an interest watching the game. Um, but I actually do think I, – I think I may end up leaving a lot of bowls alone so far, which is the same thing I said last year. And then I went in on like 12 or 15, so <laughs> who knows. I uh, But I, this week has been busy for me, so I actually haven't had a chance to really sit down and take a look at what I actually want to go in on. Um, but I, I am actually probably going to do that during the games tomorrow. Yeah. Well, good luck on that, you know – Allegedly and hypothetically, of course. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to uh, getting down with the uh, PAPN Bull sp- uh, special that I will be tuning into tonight after we're, I'm done working and after we're done recording. But enjoy Bull season. Happy holidays. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to catch up in the future. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Matt. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land in conversation. Also, thanks, of course, to the great Richard Johnson. You can and you should follow him on Twitter at RJ underscore rights. That's RJ, the little underscore symbol. W-R-I-T-E-S. You also have to subscribe to Podcasting Play Nobody wherever you get your podcasts of choice. And on the off chance that you are finding this episode on our website and you aren't subscribed to this podcast either, subscribe to our show too, won't you? We'd appreciate it. Thank you. Also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. And go Bucks. <laughs>